The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Week 10 waiver wire. Here we go. Adam Azer, Dave Richard, Jamie Eisenberg. Are we preparing for a Josh Allenless week? Are we preparing for a Josh Allenless stretch? We hope to find out more. Hope to get good news on the elbow of the best quarterback in fantasy football. All right, let's talk about our priorities and all those things. Some of the guys we're going to be talking. This is a really. Wait till you hear these names. Uh, well, Russell Wilson, Chuba Hubbard, Jordan mm-hmm. Wilkins. Good wide receivers as usual. Miko Hardman starting to emerge. David Njoku is available in 40% of leagues, and he might play this week, so that's cool. What's up, Jamie? How's the waiver wire looking for week 10? There's no headliner um, in most leagues. Shallow leagues are going to have a lot of fun. You know, if Jeff Wilson's available, if um, Garrett Wilson's available, even though he's on a buy. Uh, Josh Palmer still available. George Pickens still available. Rondell Moore still available. Uh, those type of guys are available. But for the the majority of the leagues that we talk about, uh, the priority is yeah, it's not fun. <laughs> is it? There's no, there's no like. There's no running back. That's usually you know what what yeah. kind of sways how this looks. There's no running. You, you might get a starter, but it's not going to be a pretty starter because it's a cult starter. Yeah, uh, right. You might get Jordan Wilkins as a starter, maybe, but Zach Moss could work in there as well. And we don't know about Deion Jackson, and we don't know about Jonathan Taylor. So that's wonderful. Dave, is the headliner David Njoku, a tight end who has 58 or more yards in five straight games, 71 or more yards in four of his last five games, and is facing a team that gives up the third most fantasy points to tight ends? There's two tight ends that I actually like this week. There's the Chief, and that's David Njoku, and there's the Hare, and that's Greg Dulcich, the rookie tight end. Don't the forget Kate Otten against the Seahawks. That's a great he, matchup. Too. He, he's got a great one, too, and he's the one that might be the most available. How could we forget about Cole Komet with all these stud tight ends, top 12 tight ends? How can you say that it's a lackluster waiver wire week? And I think there's a lot at wide receiver, too. You, you mentioned Nicole Hardman. 
Uh, I think he's out there in a ton of leagues. Darnell Mooney, probably more of the shallow leagues, but he's available. How about Donovan Peoples-Jones coming back off the bye? Terrace Marshall, both those guys available in over 70% of leagues. There's a bunch of one-week, bi-week replacement wide receivers that I think are okay. And uh, then you look at the running backs, and you kind of want to barf. So load up on those tight ends and wide receivers. Maybe the move is to go and get those guys and then try and package some kind of a deal to go acquire a running back before your trade deadline. All right, well, look, people do need tight end help, so this is a good week if you need tight end help. This is a promising week, and if you're in shallower leagues, you got Pat Fryermuth, who does have, on paper, the worst matchup uh, for tight ends this week with New Orleans, and you have Dalton Schultz as well, so those guys uh, those guys could help you out, so it's actually a good week for tight ends. Um, all right, well, with that said, why don't we just throw out, Jamie, the top priorities. I'm sure we've said the names already, but if you were going to rank them one, two, three, maybe four, whatever, who are the top priorities this week? Darnell Mooney would be one. You know, I think you just saw what he did last week, finally finding the end zone, uh, the way Justin Fields is playing right now. Um, he's He's got the chance to be not necessarily yet in a two-receiver league, but certainly a must-start guy in three-receiver leagues. Uh, then I would pivot to the tight ends, and I think it just comes down to, you know, if you're looking short-term versus long-term. If you're looking probably across the board, I think David Njoka makes the most sense because you've seen what he's been able to do, and we know that Deshaun Watson is looming in Week 13, so maybe the passing game improves even that much more. So I would put him at the top of the list. Dolchich is right behind him again if you're looking long term. Uh, if you're looking in the short term, Kate Otten might be better than both of them because his matchup is fantastic. You saw what he's just able to do um, against the Rams, which was a, a brutal matchup, you know, and, and he sort of saved Tom Brady there at the end. And then uh, the Seahawks matchup is, is as dreamy as you will find. So, you know, there, there's, there's the short term appeal for him. And the only reason I say that is A, they have a bye in week 11, and B, Cameron Brayton might return for whatever that means, to, to sort of sabotage a little bit of what K. Dotton has done. I don't know if they would do that, but it's also, you know, one of those situations where did did Cameron Brayton deserve to lose his playing time, you know, based on the concussion and then the neck injury. So we'll, we'll see. But in terms of, you know, rest of season, I think you get by with David Njoku and, and, and Greg Dolchitz and be, and, and be certainly in good shape based on what they've shown you. Dolchitz, small sample size, Njoku over the beginning part of the season. Did you guys see who got the game ball for the Bucks after their big win? The punter. The punter got the game ball. <laughs> Pretty cool. Kate Otten with the game-winning touchdown catch, but it was the punter who got the game ball. Uh, Dave, who would your top priorities be? I'd go to the tight ends before the receivers. Najoku's one, Dulcich is two. And then I, I think there's a debate that could be had between Otten versus Cole Komet for three. Otten, yes, he's got this awesome matchup. Love him this week. You can't use him the week after that. We don't know what happens when break comes back. Are we willing to trust Cole Komet? It's scored in each of his past two games. He's never done that before. Six targets, five catches against Miami. He's never really done anything like that before either. Still feels like a touchdown or bust tight end, but I think he's got a, cha- a chance to last a little bit longer than Kate Otten might. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I'm going to side with with Otten ahead of Komet. But if if as soon as we get word that Cameron breaks back or if you don't want to, if you're looking for a longer term solution at tight end and you don't get Njoku or Dulcich, I think Komet's who you take over Otten. And Otten has the best matchup. Seahawks give up the most points, 50 yards or a touchdown to a tight end in every game. But Komet's got the Lions yeah. and the Falcons the next two weeks. They're 28 yes. and 26, respectively, against tight end so it's not so bad but here's the thing you know and Jamie you said Darnell Mooney would be your number one priority we're talking about Cole Komet Chase Claypool is going to come up on here as well 
um, as, as well as, as Justin Fields is playing, and he has five touchdown passes in his last two games. He had five touchdown passes in his first seven games combined. He has thrown for 190, 179, 151, and 123 yards in his last two his last four games. His last two games in particular, it's a lot of really quick stuff. It's a lot of wide receiver screens, shallow crosses, these types of things. They're trying to get more yak out of it, but the passing yards are are really low. Um, so yeah, I mean, how much do we really want to invest in? The passing game, I'm not talking about Justin Fields, obviously, but the passing game for the Chicago Bears, if we're deciding between a number one waiver claim on a guy like Darnell Mooney or Cole Komet or something like that, I don't think Komet would be a number one claim. But specifically Mooney, I guess, if he's available. You know, Jamie, the lack of pass volume, how nervous does that make you? I don't think we're going to see Mooney consistently, you know, be in the double-digit target range. But, you know, he did have eight targets in this game against Miami. He has a 12-target game. As recently as week six, he scored 12 or more PPR points in three of his last four and five and four of his last six. So, you know, the the guy that we were hoping to see may not ever materialize because the guy we were hoping to see was going to be a high volume receiver based on what we saw in 2021. But I do think, though, that you're seeing Justin Fields just get more comfortable. And, you know, first game with Chase Claypool against the Dolphins, you saw what, you know, he his upside as, as a playmaker, now we're going to start to see hopefully his upside as a passer. And, you know, that's the next evolution of what Justin Fields will hopefully become. And I hope that's what the Bears let him become because that's going to be their evaluation process of him going into his next season to see if, in fact, he is their guy. So I don't think you make the mood to get Chase Claypool to just all of a sudden say we're going to run, you know, uh, a single wing option and he's just going to be a runner. You know, he's going to continue to improve as a passer. At least that's the hope. And he's starting to show signs of life in doing that. So this is still the number one guy in this offense. And so I have no problem investing in him as the first guy off waivers because I think the production will somewhat stabilize in that, you know, Jacoby Myers type of range. You know, 12, 10 to 12 is the floor. Uh, you know, if he scores like he did last week, he'll get into that 16, 17 point range. We got a lot of news and notes to get to. We've got to talk about the Colts situation. As, as we talked about on Beyond the Box score yesterday, the Colts don't have a single guy in their coaching staff who's called a play in the NFL. Not true. Not true. Somebody tweeted there was, uh, I forget somebody on their staff that did. Oh. Is he going to be the play caller? <laughs> I don't think so, but th- that there is somebody that's done it once upon a time. Maybe college level. I saw somebody. Oh, in the NFL, there. though. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, either way, it's a very inexperienced coaching staff. And, uh, yeah, so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Josh Allen and what it might mean for you with, with Case Keenum, uh, perhaps getting the start this week against the Vikings, and Sean McVay saying they need to change things up. Uh, if, you, if you don't have... All that much time to listen to podcasts. We have a five-minute version of Fantasy Football Today. It is called, get ready for this, Fantasy Football Today in Five. It is hosted by Chris Towers. You'll hear the voices of everyone you hear on this show. And it's awesome. So check it out, Fantasy Football Today in Five. Dave, how much fab? This is a light fab week. Light fab Unless week? you're desperate at tight end, I think it is. I, I mean, am I wrong about Njoku? Is he not... I wouldn't say wrong. I, I didn't really give an opinion on Njoku. But is Njoku not a potential top five must-start tight end rest of season, like a set-it-and-forget-it tight end? Could be. Absolutely could be, and that's why he might warrant. If you've been streaming tight ends and you've been struggling, I I don't want to say that I would break the bank for Njoku, but I'm, I might get kind of close to 20% because I think he is someone that you can start week to week, and you just say, okay, done with streaming. I'm going to take this guy, and I'm going to hope that he gets the job done. The only catch with Najoku is we aren't 100% sure he's playing. He thinks he's playing, and he's coming off of a high ankle sprain. We've seen what that injury has done to players. 
So it makes me a little bit nervous, but facts are facts. He's put up huge numbers. This is a thin position. It's your opportunity to get a guy who could be the difference between a win or a loss in your league. So I'm okay spending 20% on Njoku. Of original budget. OB, original bud. <laughs> okay. All right, listen, it's not a huge fab week, uh, and we wish we had a little bit more clarity about the Colts running back situation, but I'm not sure how much... It stinks. Move on. Yeah, how much faith would you even have in in Jeff Wilkins or something if, if he got, you know, if, if he was the starting running well, back? Well, the fact that you don't even know his first name tells you all you need to know. <laughs> what did I call him? Oh, Jordan Jeff Wilkins. Wilkins. <laughs> I combined him and Jeff Wilson. I know who Jordan Wilkins is. He had He's had two games in his career with more than 11 carries. One was the first game of his career, and one was a game in the middle of 2020. All right, let's talk news and notes here. Jamie, give me your take on the Bills quarterback situation right now. Ah! Scary stuff. I'm hoping Josh Allen will play. Uh, you know, I, I think you obviously have to prepare to find a backup quarterback, so just keep that in mind for your waiver moves this week, and it's not the, the best list of guys that are available in the majority of leagues. Um, so you might want to make a trade, you know, if your team is, is in a good, good spot in terms of the bills guys, Stefan Diggs would still remain a must start option. Gabe Davis would be as Heath would love to call him a boom bust number three wide receiver, but that's probably what he would be with Josh Allen anyway. Um, and then the other guys would just be hands off. So, you know, just, just cross your fingers, hope Josh Allen plays through it. You know, he, uh, after suffering the injury, just to show you what a, cyborg he is he unleashed a 70 yard pass down the field to Gabe Davis that you know nearly would have saved the Jets saved them against the Jets or at least kept them in the game uh that was broken up to, to end their final drive so he's he's hopefully going to be okay um but you know he's he's missed time with his injury before in his career and, and I'm yep. sure the the Bills are going to be cautious knowing that they want to make sure he's healthy in January two starts for Case Keenum last year didn't throw for 200 yards in either game one of them was against Denver which obviously was difficult, but one of them was week 18 against the Bengals who were, you know, not really playing. And uh, let's see, in that game, Austin Hooper led all Browns with 42 yards. In the first game he started, the one against the Broncos, Jarvis Landry did have six catches for 75 yards and a touchdown on eight targets. Keenum also made seven starts with Washington in 2019. And unfortunately, he left two of them with injuries. But he threw for 380 yards, 221, 332, uh, 166, 77. Oof. Uh, yeah, that was a good nine. He lost nine nothing to the 49ers. I remember. I feel like I remember this game. I feel like this was a two and a half hour game in the rain where both teams like ran the ball a ton. Nine nothing. It was week seven. Right. Week seven of 2019. It was a weird, weird game. Uh, anyway, uh, it's obviously a downgrade. Okay, Sean McVay, Dave, said he needs to change things up. He was pretty vague on that. You know, I wonder if he wants to get Tyler Higby more involved because Higby's barely involved anymore. Uh, and he was, I would say, the, clearly the, the second most reliable <laughs> receiving option. But people are going to be deciding, do I drop Tyler Higby at this point after a dud, a zero in week nine? But what do you think about, what does this mean for fantasy that Sean, Sean McVay has acknowledged things have to change? I think he was talking about the offensive line and just how bad they are at protecting Stafford and and popping lanes for their running backs. But I don't know what he can do to change that at this point. I mean, we're more than halfway through the football season, and they are what they are. And I think Higby doing more blocking is, is a byproduct of not trusting that offensive line. He has nine targets in his last three games. Just absolutely dreadful. Very, very tough to start Tyler Higby 
with any kind of confidence right now. Hard to start any Rams other than Cooper Cup with a semblance of confidence right now. And I'm a little nervous that it's going to stay that way. And then for the Colts, Jamie, is it even worse? They're sticking with Ellinger this week. Could they go back to Ryan, which would probably be better for fantasy, but, you know, the Colts, go. (laughs) I would hope if you're Chris Ballard and and Jim Irsay that you're trying to tank to try and figure out your quarterback situation for next year. But you never know because he's talking about them being in the upper quartile of the league in the last quartile percent, whatever the hell he was (laughs) babbling about yesterday, Jim Irsay. Go watch the the press conference. You want a good laugh. Um, the, the, the decision to name Jeff Saturday as the, uh, interim head coach is a joke. Um, all this is just, you know, laughable at what's happening in Indianapolis. And so if they go back to Matt Ryan, does that stabilize some things? Hopefully, but for the time being, I think, you know, Michael Pittman is still just a desperation number three receiver at this point. You should be dropping Alec Pierce and and Paris Campbell. And in terms of the backfield, if Jonathan Taylor ends up starting, it's hard to say you're benching him, but he's no longer a top 12 guy, top 15 guy. You know, he's more of a back end number two running back until he proves that A, he's healthy and B, the offensive line can help him. Um, and in terms of the replacement options, whether it's Deion Jackson this week or Jordan Wilkins, a flex play at best. And that's mostly because of the injuries and the four teams on a bye. So the volume will be there for him. It was nice to see him catch four passes because that was a concern for us, knowing that, you know, uh, Sam Ellinger didn't throw the ball to his running backs in the first start. So, you know, maybe that's something else that, that will continue to change. But, I mean, if you're if you're making on a Colts player to save your fantasy team at this point, you're in trouble. What about Jeff Wilkins? How do you feel about him this week? Um, might be better than Jordan Wilkins. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch the Jim Irsay press conference, but I'd rather just hear you quote it. Yeah, that was that was even more fun. So, you know. Was it, it in the top I, quartile of, of press conference court? He's trying to justify, like, where the Colts have been in the last, I don't know, 10 years, whatever it is. And. Uh, for a team that once upon a time hung a banner for something ridiculous, they might hang a banner for that. Uh, there's a banner up that says AFC finalist. I think there's there's definitely one, maybe two, uh, in their building. Uh, Dan, Dan Campbell is hoping to get DeAndre Swift more work this week against the Bears at the Bears. Aaron Jones apparently has a good chance to play this week. I think we've been we've played this game before. You know, you got to at least prepare to not have Aaron Jones. Don't just assume he's going to play. Remember, Jonathan Taylor was supposed to play. Chuba Hubbard was supposed to be fine. He missed two games. Chuba Hubbard, by the way, is questionable for this week's game. Uh, Romeo Dobbs is out four to six weeks with a high ankle sprain. Christian Watson does not have a concussion, so it sounds like he'll be back this week against Dallas. Um, He looked pretty good on film, by the way. Okay. Uh, But the Packers lost linebacker Rashawn Gary for the year, and they may have lost their starting cornerback Eric Stokes for an extended period of time, if not the year. Ezekiel Elliott mispractice. They're coming off their bye, and he's still got the knee issue here. So, you know. Uh, Baltimore wide receiver Deshaun Jackson made his debut last last night, and he left in the second half with, I think, a hamstring injury. They're going into a bye. The Chargers lost starting defensive tackle Austin Johnson for the season, as if their run defense needed another setback. And they lost their left tackle Trey Pipkins. He's day-to-day. He'll be questionable for this week's game against San Francisco. PJ Was Walker he their left started. tackle or right tackle? I thought he's their left tackle. It's Slater. I, he out. had been playing right tackle. I don't know if they flipped him. I'd have to okay. check and see. Obviously, Slater was their right, their left tackle. Right, and um, then they had uh, Sawyer, I believe is how you say his last name. Okay. So uh, I, I'm, I'm not even going to double check because no one cares. PJ, I actually do. PJ Walker is going to start this oh, week. Okay. 
Deion Jackson's banged up. Uh, David Njoku's hoping to play. Nico Collins has a chance to play this week at the Giants. Remember, he was you know, solid uh, before his injury. Evan Ingram, we don't know about him. Back injury. Hopefully he can get back. Uh, the Giants lost starting safety Xavier McKinney for at least four weeks with a hand injury. It's a really tough blow for them. Uh, the Saints, two big injuries last night. Um, so this is actually pretty big news. They lost Marcus Davenport, starting defensive end, mm-hmm. and Pete Werner, who was a really good tackler for them, a linebacker. They both left with injuries yes. and don't know the severity, but Warner was carted off, and they get Pittsburgh this week. Adam? Yes. If you just read the name Trey Pipkins, would you think that he was a massive offensive tackle or like a little stooge that worked for the mob or something like that? <laughs> that second one. Yeah, well, he's he was the starting right tackle for the Chargers. Okay, sorry about that. Big, tough dude. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, like I said, he's questionable. <clears throat> Debo Samuel returned to practice. Elijah Mitchell, uh, uh, three 49ers had their practice window opened, coming off IR, excuse me. <clears throat> Running back Elijah Mitchell, linebacker Aziz Alshire, and offensive lineman Colton McKivitz. Buffalo edge rusher Greg Russo, uh, has a high has an ankle injury. He's week to week, and Sheldon Rankins for the Jets defensive tackle. He is week to week with an elbow injury. Well, we're going to do the waiver wire a little bit differently this week. We're not going to do the top three at each position. We're just going to get right into the positions, and we'll do that after we tell you about Miller Lite. All right, Dave. So I know when you sit back and watch some football, you're opening a can of Miller Lite. It's also holiday time. Tis the season to get together with your friends and your family and have great food and great drinks. Tis Miller time. So the holidays can be stressful, obviously. That's all the more reason to raise a glass or a can and keep things uncomplicated. And since 1975, Miller Lite has been the beer with the taste you can depend on. No games, no gimmicks, just great beer. And Dave can attest. I can. The last time I talked to you guys about Miller Lite, I wasn't watching football, but I was at the beach and I thought, oh, this would be a great place to watch a game. The very next weekend, what did I do? I told my wife, we're going to the beach. We're going to watch Kane's football. It was not the game against FSU. It was the game before FSU. But we went to one of my favorite restaurants down here in South Florida, sat at the beach, watched the game, and I kicked back a couple of Miller Lights. And it's perfect because it's a light beer. Low calorie, so I don't have to worry about it packing on the pounds. The nachos that I ate, different story, <laughs> but at least the beer was low calorie. And do I have this right, Adam? They've got like this holiday collection. They do. That's out now where you can buy like beer inspired holiday sweaters. You know, those fun Christmas yes. sweaters that people get. Now they've got beer inspired, Miller Light inspired sweaters and drinkable ornaments. That sounds fun. It's, it's, yeah. it's very cool. And uh, I really enjoyed just kind of relaxing with the fam, getting away from the stress of the football season and the holidays and all that, and having a Miller Lite. Yeah, if you want any of those things that Dave mentioned, go to shop.millerlite.com. Miller Lite, great taste, 96 calories. Go to millerlite.com slash FFT to find delivery options near you so you can give the gift of Miller time this holiday season, or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. Tis Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. And that brings us to the waiver wire. All right, Jamie, let's talk about quarterbacks here. And uh, your top, uh, you can look to see if Trevor Lawrence or Derek Carr are available. But Carr's got the Colts and the Broncos the next two weeks. Did I give you Carr? I think I changed that. I'm sorry. Okay, so get rid of him. 
Yes. All right. Uh, the quarterbacks and the, the check are available. And again, you got to be a little bit desperate, but the matchups are good. Would be Lawrence, Stafford, and Jared Goff. And so Stafford against Cardinals, we remember you talked about this a lot, how he should have had multiple touchdowns in that game. They've given up 24 more fantasy points to three straight quarterbacks. So maybe Stafford and deeper leagues. None of these guys are top 12 guys for me, but deeper leagues could be an option. Uh, and then Jared Goff against the Bears. We've seen what they've looked like the last two weeks. And hopefully Goff can take advantage of that as well. So again, you got to be desperate, but you know, desperate times for some people without, you know, potentially Josh Allen and could be looking at just, you know, matchup situations as opposed to just who's playing well at this point. And those two guys in terms of Stafford and Goff have matchup situations. Lawrence has given you at least a decent floor of 18 or more PPR points in three of his last four games and probably going to be chasing points against the Chiefs. We know that their pass defense, despite what they did last week, has given up a lot of production to fantasy, a lot of fantasy production to opposing quarterbacks. So only two quarterbacks have failed to be failed to get 20 fantasy points against Kansas City this season. All right, and look, it, it's not so it's not necessarily just check to see if they're available. It's also should I drop them for some of the more available guys this week? So the top three that Jamie has are Garoppolo. He's 63% rostered. He's got four straight games with 20 or more fantasy points, and he has the Chargers this week. Russell Wilson, 61% rostered. He has the Titans. And then the Raiders, so great matchups in the next two games. And Daniel Jones, who gets the Texans this week, who actually are giving up the fourth fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. And they've held Justin Fields to 47 rushing yards, uh, Malik Willis to 12 rushing yards, Jalen Hurts to 23 rushing yards. Kind of weird. So those well, are th- it's not weird three. because the running backs have had monster games against Houston. Okay. That's that, I yeah, mean, the this only is, way you can be trusting Jones is if you're expecting to run. So it's it's again we're 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 looking at some desperation plays, and hopefully for Daniel Jones when he's been on his game he's been uh, as a rusher he's got three games this season with sixty seven or more yards on the ground, and in those three games he's averaging over twenty fantasy points per game. So if he runs, you'll be okay. If you don't expect him to run, then don't trust him. Jamie likes Garoppolo better than Wilson. Uh, give me ten seconds on that, and then we'll throw it to Dave. Oh, I just think you look at the weapons and what he's been able to do. You know, I mean, you're talking about, like you said, four straight games of 20 more fantasy points. And I think the Rams game is probably a good indication if you want to make a comparison to the matchup that he has this week, because at that point, the Rams, and still coming af- after that game against what they did against the Bucs, uh, they just do not give up fantasy points. And he got 20 against them um, without Debo Samuel for them for, for a portion of that. No, he didn't play that game without Debo Samuel. Nope. Right. Um, so now he gets Debo back. Uh, McCaffrey, full week off a of bye. Uh, the only concern would be is if they just run all over the Chargers, which they certainly can do. But I think, you know, I don't want to say he's matchup proof, but he can certainly get to that low number of around 20 to 22 points. So he's he's my 12th quarterback this week in my rankings. Uh, Russell Wilson, I, I want to see it first, you know, before I say he's he's a must-start guy. But I do think that if you are, again, desperate, you're, you're down Lamar Jackson, you're down potentially Josh Allen, people drop Russell Wilson going into the bye week. Hopefully coming off the bye, he could be a little bit better standing little bit healthier with the hamstring problem and take advantage of a Titan secondary that for the most part has been forgiving to opposing quarterbacks. I'm going to have some trust issues with Russ. And right now I've got Stafford, Wilson, Lawrence ranked that way. All three just outside of my top 12. Garoppolo's in my top 12. Love what you're saying about Garoppolo. Totally buying into him as a top 12 quarterback this week because of the safe floor. I just I don't know if I can get behind Stafford. I know that the Cardinals have given up at least 24 fantasy points to four of the past five quarterbacks they faced. Their defense is finding ways to put up points in fantasy, by the way. They're just also letting other quarterbacks put up points in fantasy. Don't know if I can trust him. Don't know if I can trust Wilson. Still don't know if I can trust Trevor Lawrence. I think if I had to commit to one of those guys right now, it would be Stafford. 
but I know he's not available. So Wilson would be the next guy up. Wilson over no, you like Garoppolo better though. Garoppolo's, Garoppolo's at the top of the, of the list. Okay. Right. So, so if I've got right. a quarterback on by Garoppolo's who I'm going to get first. Yeah. I mean Garoppolo has four straight games with twenty or more fantasy points and six point per passing touchdown leagues. Russell Wilson has one game all season with twenty or more fantasy points. But you know, you hope if they can get things right during the bye week, Dolcich getting more involved now, Judy getting more involved. He's got such a good schedule rest of season. Although I will say this about the Titans. Let's take a look at the last three games for them. Matt Ryan, Davis Mills, and Patrick Mahomes all had passer ratings of 80.9 or lower. I mean, absolutely terrible. And Mahomes yeah. really, I, I know Mahomes had a huge game, but he threw 68 passes, and we all watched it. I mean, it was a struggle. They actually, yeah. they played pretty well, didn't they? So They played I mean, great overall, yeah. yeah they're, they're a very well-coached team. They've been that way for years. So you you kind of that it's it's a kind of a big strike against Russ when you think about it. Yeah, I don't know if they're getting it's no it's no slam dunk. Okay, no, none well of said, these guys well are. Said, well said. Uh the other guy you could add is Deshaun Watson. Uh he's got uh, three more games to sit out, and then he'll finish with Houston, Cincinnati, Baltimore, New Orleans, and Washington, and then Pittsburgh in week eighteen. If you're kind of in that gray area of quarterbacks, which a lot of people are. Now's the time to be adding Watson, you know, so if you've been getting by with, you know, Cousins and his up and down play and Derek Carr and whatever he's given you and Trevor Lawrence, those type of guys, you know, then then Watson should absolutely be on your bench. Um, even Brady, you know, I, I would say the same thing, you know, so um, I guess the concern with Brady would be is you have to carry three quarterbacks at some point then because he has his bye coming up. But, you know, you get the point that if your quarterback situation is is a little bit rough. Not that you want to say Deshaun Watson could be your savior, but you know what he's done on the field in the past, and maybe that guy can reemerge and, and help you win a fantasy championship. There's one other wrinkle. Somebody in every league has Josh Allen. They're, they might go after Garoppolo on the waiver wire to safeguard themselves in case Allen misses this week slash several weeks. Uh, how would you well, rank? To, to, to be fair, uh, when, I, when I did my notes for this, and I didn't change it just because I, I think it's still worth talking about him, he was at 63% on Monday. Uh, obviously, you can make ad drops before the Monday night game for people that are on a buy. And so his his roster percentage went above 65%. He's at 66%. I'm going to guess that was a lot of Josh Allen fantasy managers that saw what happened, looked at their waiver yep. wire, dropped potential guys that were either on a buy or um, mm. Saints or Ravens, and, and made the move to get Garoppolo. Okay, how would you rank Garoppolo, Russell Wilson... And Garoppolo getting the Chargers, Wilson the Titans, and Aaron Rodgers against the Cowboys this week. In that you order. Just did. Okay. Would you drop Aaron I don't know Rogers? how you make a roster Aaron Rodgers at this point. Well, I wanted to, you know, if you take a broader look at it, he has scored, he's been right around 20 fantasy points in what, six of nine games? But not three in a row. Mm, what, really? I thought the last, two weeks ago, didn't he have. He 20? might have had three straight with 20, but. He's always I, in the nineteen to twenty sure. range, except last week right. was awful. Um, all right, so the last, yeah, no, three straight games under twenty, but two of them were over nineteen. Nineteen point eight, nineteen point two, fifteen point six. If that's what you're counting on, when he just got you fifteen against the Lions for a guy that doesn't throw interceptions, that just threw three, and now he's down Romeo Dobbs, who arguably has been his second best receiver. I don't know what you're counting on against Dallas. Then he gets the Titans, and we just alluded to what their defense has been, despite the numbers against. And then I think the third game after that is another tough opponent. Philadelphia. So, yeah, I, I'm done with Aaron Rodgers. You know, you want to bank on him still 
Go ahead. It's I, not I, banking I, on honestly, him. I'd rather take my chance with Stafford and Russell Wilson. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like Stafford and Russell mm-hmm. Wilson have been so bad. They've been worse than Rodgers. So, uh, you know, it's not it's not advocating for Rodgers. It's just saying, like, am I going to make the decision to drop Rodgers for guys who have actually been worse than him? You would. I, would. I think if Rodgers is your starting quarterback, you probably don't have a winning record. <laughs> I'm in that group. You, you might at best be five and four. Uh, I wish. All right, let's go to uh, oh, one more guy I want to ask about. How do you about. feel about, by the way, handing Heath the uh, IDP championship by giving him Christian McCaffrey? I'm sorry. I, I gave him a quarterback oh. downgrade, and he gave up Aaron Jones. So it's not like Aaron Jones should have had a huge game. And, Jamie, if I had just sent you a text message, I would have won last week, but I didn't. Um, I dropped somebody I didn't mean to drop, and I didn't want to burden Jamie with it. And if I had just burdened you, I would have won. Uh, I would have helped you. I, you. I know you would have. I felt bad, and I... I suck. I lost by two points. Uh, I didn't hand Heath anything. Heath is nine and zero, oh, so don't you know, like Heath is going to earn it without my help. All right. Well, he's he's nine and zero, oh. yeah, but you he, made he, it he easier for him, bro. He gave up Aaron Jones and Tom Brady. That, that's... No, you can't. You can't argue your way out. No, of I can. You gave him the best player in fantasy football. No, you 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 did what was best for your team at the time, thinking that Aaron Jones was going to have a big game. I totally get why you did it. And so you needed to win now. But on the flip side of that, you handed him the championship. So there's 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 a give and take. He's a little weak at quarterback, though. I, uh, you know, I got I got to tell you that. But um, all right. What about Marcus Mariota? Which I haven't checked. I'm assuming I lost because my team was just you absolutely lose, destroyed yeah. by bye weeks. He said, uh, well, I guess since you say he's 9-0. Um, he said, you now have a chance. <laughs> That's what he said to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think about Marcus Mariota this week? He's 70% rostered. He's facing the Panthers, and he just scored 28 points against them two weeks ago. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. He scored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 28. 28 points against them. What do you think about Mariota? I should probably put him in the in the check to see if he's available category. I'll, I'll say what I said about him last week. Uh, I think it was on the mailbag, maybe, or, or when we were breaking down the game. That His floor is typically pretty safe. This was this was a bad floor game for him uh, against the Chargers, where he had seven fantasy points. He's typically giving you 15 to 18 points. And so in, in, in a scenario where the quarterback play has just been so awful, his rushing production usually stabilizes itself. If they decide to throw again like they did in this game, uh, I believe it's since week five, every game where he's been above, I think it's 23 pass attempts, maybe 25 pass attempts, he's been over 23 fantasy points per game. And so his numbers have been up when they've allowed him to throw. So if you want to bank on the rematch and, and how that should unfold, you can go that route. But he's just you know more of a floor scenario as opposed to a ceiling scenario most weeks. I bet they run like crazy. I would imagine so as well after that, what Joe Mixon just did. Yeah. Um, and listen, Mariota tried with Kyle Pitts. Five deep throws. Uh, he also tried with Drake London. London had five red zone targets last week. And two end zone targets for Pitts. Like, they're trying to get those two going. But they they can run the ball really well. And Carolina's run defense is not so hot as Joe Mixon kind of proved. So... I don't love Mariota this week. Okay, let's. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, let's go a little faster, guys, so we can spend time on wide receivers, which is a really interesting group this week. We'll talk to you about some running backs, Latavius Murray, Chuba Hubbard. Um, we can make some cases. We can make some cases. We'll work on it. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, the running backs, there's not that uh, absolute must-start, go-get-spend-all-your-fab kind of guy. The check to see if you're available is uh, Jeff Wilson at 79%, Alexander Madison at 67%. Is there a reason for that or just... Handcuffing. I mean, we we know what's going to happen. At some point, it's going to happen that Dalvin Cook's going to get hurt. I don't want to hear this. I mean, I'm 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 I don't want to say it either. But you know, you're you're looking at the track record, and you know, hopefully, it's just something minor if he misses any time. But why would you not cover yourself just in case? And the fact that he's still in this range, I I just picked him up in two leagues last week. You know, so you got to have the the bench space to carry him with all the bye weeks that we're still dealing with and the injuries, but. In the leagues where, like, I, don't, I forget. Oh, I, I picked up Julio Jones two weeks ago. I dropped him for Alexander Madison. That was easy. You know, th- those type of scenarios where you're carrying somebody on your bench that's never going to help you, never going to help you, and Madison is sitting there. He might help you at some point. So make that move. Should we make the same case then while while we're jinxing our favorite running backs to go and pick up Elijah Mitchell too? Yes. <laughs> 47 any of these guys that are available that that's could right. be lottery tickets. Yeah, right, I yeah. think White's my favorite to pick up just overall even just because he's getting a little bit more work in the Tampa Bay offense. He's available in about 40% of CBS sports leagues. So, so while we're there, I'll, I'll just bring up what I, what I wrote about and what we had on Sunday. So, you know, again, I say this time and time again, we get the benefit of a guy that's in meetings with coaches every week. It's Tom Spencer. He's in the booth with Jim Nance and Tony Romo and the coaching staff told him they're going to give Rashad white more work. Now it didn't necessarily lead to an increase in snap share because he wasn't necessarily playing more than he has been. But he had his season high in carries uh, in this game against the Rams. And they're just not happy with Leonard Fournette and how he's running the ball. As Tom said, it's not all on Fournette because the offensive line has been a travesty, as we know. But getting some fresher legs in there to help Fournette uh, is, is something that the Bucs wanted to see, and they saw it. And so does that mean anything's going to change? Who knows? Leonard Fournette is still somebody Tom Brady trusts. But it's clear he's starting to trust Rashad White. And as that relationship and rapport continues to grow, he may continue to get more work. And so... Again, if Fournette misses any time, White has a chance to be a, a, a must-start option, whether that's top 10, top 20, whatever, he'll be in your lineup. And the other side of this, again, to tie in Madison, to tie in Mitchell, to tie in any of these guys, what did Tony Pollard just show us? If these backup options that we love get these chances to be featured guys, the potential's off the charts. Why would you not roster that? Ooh, sure, that makes me want to get Zach Moss. Injuries, but you want those type of guys on your team. Yeah, you know, for sure. Um, if you're not playing the, the backup route, you can look at Jordan Wilkins or maybe Zach Moss. It's it's a it's a tough case to make. We just don't know what yeah. the situation is with Taylor or Deion Jackson. And it's the, you know, that now the Raiders are 29th. It's this their matchup is the Raiders. The Raiders give up the fourth most points to running backs, but a lot of that is through the air. They've actually been pretty good 
against running backs, uh, just rushing the football. Um, Chuba Hubbard, he's playing Thursday. We don't even know if he's going to play, but in, in the one game he played after the McCaffrey trade, he had nine carries, 63 yards, and a touchdown, and two catches for 10 yards against the Bucks, and that was in three quarters. He got hurt at the very beginning of the fourth quarter. Uh, we talked about Rashad White. There's Latavius Murray, who's 43% rostered. Chase Edmonds is 44% rostered. I kind of, I'm kind of like Latavius Murray. I would make sure he's. A, I would not let him be on my waiver wire. I think the thing though with with him is we just don't know what's going to happen with this backfield because the addition of Chase Edmonds and Gordon is still there, and so it could be as ugly as ugly can be because they haven't exactly been great without Javante Williams running the ball, or it could be one guy stands up stands above the rest. The wild card would be Edmonds standing up above the rest because he's the new guy. But Murray has had you know. 15 or more total touches in two of the three games with the Broncos. He scored in two straight games for the Broncos. And so is he the one that maybe they trust the most? It's hard to say, but I, I think you're right. He should be, he should be rostered. And so should Edmonds, just in the off chance that he is the guy there, you know, after acquiring, you know, maybe, you know, we all, we all keep thinking, which makes the most sense that he was the throw in because of some salary ramifications and, and, you know, just to open up a roster spot for Bradley Chubb. But maybe this is somebody the Broncos actually targeted, you know, when they were talking trade, they were like, okay, let's, you know, get somebody off the roster. It's like that uh, that scene in draft day when they're making the trade at the end with Seattle, Cleveland, and uh, Kevin Costner puts them on hold. Who else could we get? And he wants the special teams guy <laughs> from the Seahawks. And so, you know, it could have yeah. been like, who on the roster can we get? All right, I don't, th- I don't think draft day is a, is a memorable movie. I, I, it's a I terrible just, movie. I, I, it's a terrible movie. But <laughs> I can't. Like, the fact that you remember a scene from draft day is pretty amazing. I, I remember weird things from weird movies. Like I said to you today, you said, that, what's the first thing you, I said to you when you, when you, you just sent me a uh, G-chat? Slayton. What did I send back to you? Oh, what did you say? The church lady. Satan? Uh, oh, that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That's very funny. Uh, all right. So uh, we got to get to Slayton and the wide receivers. The, the other running back. Do you, Real quick, guys. Do you want a Rams running back? Nope. I, I, I don't particularly want one either, but I do think, again, if we're talking deeper leagues, you said it. Sean McVay is going to change things up. What does that mean? And so you look at, at talent, Cam Akers is still their most talented guy. If they decide to commit to him and you have, like I'm just talking about the Alexander Madison, somebody on your bench that doesn't matter, take a chance if you can't get any of these other guys that, that could help you at wide receiver or tight end. Elijah Mitchell is, we know what he is, but he's actually 54% rostered. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell had a touchdown last week. Uh, he doesn't have a huge role. Jarek McKinnon. Uh- yeah, what was up? There's two guys. Jarek McKinnon's one. He's been playing the most snaps of anybody in Kansas City. Uh, I created a tier among running backs off waivers. Guys who might get you six fantasy points. Latavius is at the top of the list because I still think he's going to be the Broncos' choice at the goal line. Chuba's right behind him, but if we hear that he's healthy, he will jump Latavius. And McKinnon in PPR, I think he can get you six to ten. He just did. I wonder that if this, as this chief season rolls along, they just learn to trust McKinnon more than they do Clyde and Pacheco, who are clearly just two down guys. And that third down roll, and I think they might end up using him a decent amount in the red zone too. McKinnon is the best bet from a Kansas City running back. Not bad to have that type of guy on the bench. And I'll tell you one other name, and this is under the stash list. And he would be behind Chase Edmonds by a mile, but Jalen Warren in Pittsburgh. Been saying it for weeks. He looks better running the ball than Najee Harris. And they're coming off of a bye. For a one-week stash in a deeper league, I, I like having Warren on my bench. 
would you drop? Jamie's got Clyde, Eno Benjamin, Naeem Hines. I'll throw Pacheco on there as well. Would you drop those four guys? Clyde, Pacheco, Eno Benjamin, Naeem Hines, for Chuba Hubbard, Latavius Murray, Rashad White? For sure, White. Probably Chuba and Latavius. Okay. It, it is tough to let go of Clyde edwards Hilaire because you just know what he's done in the past. And he could always come through for, you know, a rando touchdown. Right. But he's just, he's so hard to trust. And you're you're going to get bupkis for him in trade because the rest of your league knows that you, he's tough to trust. Okay, let's talk about the wide receivers now. An interesting group. The check to see if available list is Garrett Wilson going into a bye, but we like him. Josh Palmer, 100 yards last week at Atlanta. Uh, gets tougher matchup at San Francisco, although they've struggled a bit lately. George Pickens, Chase Claypool, and Rondale Moore. Uh, Jamie, if all five of these guys were available, Garrett Wilson, Josh Palmer, George Pickens, Chase Claypool, and Rondale Moore, who were who were the who are the top two? Pardon me. For this week, it would be Palmer and Moore. For rest of season, it would be Wilson and Moore. Okay. So the players who are available in. 35% or more of CBS Sports Leagues are Darnell Mooney, Nicole Hardman. Um, he had 79 yards and a touchdown on nine targets. He scored, what, 12 or more PPR fantasy points in, yeah, in four straight games now. I will just... Mm, 12 or more, I think. Uh, Damn. <laughs> I, I can double check if anybody cares, but... He's, he scored a touchdown, at least one, in each of his past three games. At least 42 yards in each of his past three, four or more catches in three of the past four, seven red zone touches in his yeah. past four games is tied with Travis Kelsey for second most. And can you guess who's at the top of the list for Kansas City? Red zone touches in their past four games. McKinnon. Nope. Jamie, you got a guess? Harder. No, he, he's, tied, he's for second. tied for second. Clyde. Oh, um... Jamie, say Clyde. No, I said Clyde, but that's fine. No, Jamie said it. Good job, Jamie. <laughs> Clyde is correct. Uh, Hardman, I felt, was a little less gimmicky last week, but just one thing I want to point out. Nine targets. Well, there was one play where he got absolutely destroyed, and, <laughs> yeah. and they got penalized for it. Uh, all right, well, nine targets, but 68 pass attempts for Mahomes, and he had 33 of his 79 yards on the last play of regulation, which Tennessee was playing back for a Hail Mary. They threw short to Hardman. He ran a 33-yard gain, so that, that definitely boosted it. But he's scoring a lot. Donovan right. Peoples-Jones, Odell Beckham, Terrace Marshall, who just lit up the Falcons two weeks ago for 87 yards on nine targets. Uh, he gets them on Thursday. Uh, Michael Gallup is 60% rostered. Wandale Robinson and Darius Slayton are available in a lot of leagues. They face Houston, who gives up the third fewest fantasy points to wide receivers, and they're great against slot receivers. And DeAndre Carter. DeAndre Carter was a yard away from a touchdown. He had an almost touchdown. He, he might be uh, more attractive to fantasy managers if, if he had scored, but he still had 10.3 PPR fantasy points. Uh, and the Niners allow the sixth most yards to slot wide receivers. So those are the names that we're talking about here at wide receiver. Just in case you're running out of time um, and you want to know who the tight ends we're going to talk about are, they're going to be Najoku, Dulcich, Otten, Komet, and Fant. Um, that's the order for Jamie. But we'll stick to wide receiver here. I just don't want people to miss content. We also have time codes in the episode description. 
All right, Dave, let's talk about it here. Uh, for Jamie, it's Mooney, Hardman, Peoples-Jones, Beckham, Marshall, Gallup, Giants guys, DeAndre Carter. Uh, how do you want to prioritize some of these wide receivers? It's close to the same. Mooney's at the top of the list, but he's only available in about a third of CBS League, so you might have a hard time finding him. Hardman would be next for me. And then I'd, I'd go to the church lady, Darius Slayton, who's given you at least 11 <laughs> PPR points in each of his past two. He's clearly the Giants' top wide receiver. He's had only six targets in each of his past two. Maybe there's room for that to grow a little bit coming out of the bye. Peoples-Jones has a good PPR floor. And I wouldn't rule out Terrace Marshall either. He finally had a touchdown last week. Baker was the one who threw it to him. Uh, I'm, I'm mildly encouraged by his role and staying power as the number two receiver in Carolina. I know that sounds gross, but he's been getting some good opportunities. I also think that Carter is one of three good one-week wide receivers that you could potentially use as a number three option, along with the Joneses in Jacksonville, Zay and Marvin. I like Zay better than Marvin. Marvin's more widely available, but those three guys could help you in a pinch in week 10. Um, and then if, if I can give three more names, just stash guys. Odell clearly is a popular name. Looks like maybe Dallas is where he's going to end up. That would be interesting. Um, I mentioned earlier in the show, Christian Watson, look good on film, separating, good speed, good size, doesn't have a concussion in back-to-back -back games. And Romeo Dobbs is out for the next four weeks, if not the rest of the way. Maybe Watson gets some opportunities from Aaron Rodgers. Not a bad guy to put on your bench, although I might prefer some of the running backs that we talked about being on your bench ahead of Watson. All right, that was a lot of stuff there. And a lot right, of so the top of the list for me, my top three, Mooney, Hardman, Slayton. And Jamie's are Mooney, Hardman, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Yeah, and I would take a chance on Wandell over Slayton. I just think there's more upside with him. Slayton is, is going to be a better floor play. But if Robinson turns into what he could become, he's much, much better than what Darius Slayton has given you. Yeah, I, I wonder, though, about just this week because the uh, the Texans have a very good slot cornerback. They give up the second fewest yards out of the slot to wide receivers. And um, if you look at the guys who have been good against them, it's all outside receivers. They're better than Darius Slayton. I mean, I, if, if you're banking on Darius Slayton to help you for this week, yes, he should have a better opportunity this week than Wondell Robinson. If you're talking about who has the better chance to help you win in your fantasy league, it's Wondell Robinson over Darius Slate. Okay. Yeah, so it's not bad. Like, you could definitely uh, find guys that can give... Like, Zay Jones and Marvin Jones, they can give you 10 to 12 PPR fantasy points, and that can help yep. you win. You know, we don't want to just poo-poo on that. Donovan Peoples-Jones is over <laughs> 70 yards in four of his last five games. Some of that with Najoku. Obviously, the Dolphins are struggling here. How, how much of a priority do you put on Donovan Peoples-Jones? Jamie, you had him higher than Dave did. I'm not putting a huge premium on really on any of these guys, but I do think, you know, if you're talking about which wide receivers you want to add, you'll bank on what his track record has been. Uh, this Dolphins secondary is still a mess, you know, so if Xavier Howard is going to follow Amari Cooper, you know, that should open up some opportunities for Peoples-Jones. And certainly you have now Amari Cooper on the road, so <laughs> he's not going to be as good. Um, <laughs> I, I think for, uh, for DPJ, you know, the return of David Njoku will probably impact him to a certain degree. And clearly if the Browns can run all over the Dolphins, then, you know, you might not see him as heavily involved, but uh, to me, I'll bank on what his track record has been uh, for the majority of the season, certainly of late prior to the bye week, and I think he's the third best guy to go get. Would you drop Brandon Cooks for any of these waiver wire wide receivers? For Mooney, yes. He's the only one, though. I will resist making a political joke and just say yes. 
<laughs> would you? I, I can't even figure it out. Would you uh, drop Devin Duvernay for go Brandon? Would be the joke. Oh yeah. Would Get you it? drop Devin Duvernay yeah. um, for any of them? Uh, yeah, Devin Duvernay is not worth holding at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going into their bye. Bye. No. Yeah. Allen Robinson, Drake London. Bye, bye, bye. Okay. I'm. I can't make the case to hold Drake London, but I did see him just get all those red zone targets last week. It's you might go back to Drake London. Do you have hope that Michael Gallup could become a must start? What kind of hope do you have that Michael Gallup could become a must start <laughs> receiver? Mild hope. Uh, if they don't sign Beckham, then I think you can get him as a starter in a three receiver league. If they sign Beckham, then it's no hope at all. But you saw some flashes prior to their bye week. The problem is, is that Dak Prescott's not going to throw the ball consistently in the 40-plus range. So if he's living under 30 pass attempts, and Claypool and Schultz are the top two guys. Now, the caveat would be is Noah Brown didn't play last game, and he's still on the injury report, so we'll see if he's able to return. So one less mouth to feed in that offense should help Gallup hopefully moving forward. Okay. And uh, right, that's... That's it. I think there are a lot of guys that can get you 10 points this week, and there are four teams on by, of course. Washington, or, uh, sorry, Baltimore, Cincinnati, New England, and the Jets. And then if you have no Josh Allen, that probably means you're sitting Gabe Davis. And, yeah, could need some wide receivers. I thought last week was actually fun to have to scrape the bottom of the barrel to try to find the wide receivers that that I wanted. And, you know, I had Terrace Marshall in a lineup. Unfortunately, I also had like Mac Hollins and Khalif Raymond in a lineup, but some of the wide receivers hit and some did not, but it was fun to have to go deep into the pool. Um, all right. Uh, tight ends. Okay. Check to see if Pat Fryermuth and Dalton Schultz are available. Are you guys going to start Pat Fryermuth against the saints who are number one against tight ends this week? Yep. Yeah. I think in terms of, the Steelers' offense now, the, the concentrated targets should be there. You know, the thing we've been kind of complaining about. So with Claypool gone, you know, Fryermuth and Pickens and, and Deontay Johnson all get a boost. And hopefully Kenny Pickett coming off a of bye week will be better. Uh, you mentioned the injuries New Orleans had. They're on a short week, too. They were on the field forever. And so, you know, hopefully uh, we see the Steelers take advantage of it. I think it could end up being a good Najee week. It doesn't I, mean I, that I you don't start Fryermuth. Yeah, I've got Najee ranked higher than I've had him ranked lately. Um, Fryermuth gets a lot of targets, middle of the field guy. Pickett learns to trust him. Well, it feels like he gets like a 20 yard catch every week. So, yes, I'm starting Fryermuth. How do you rank rest of season? Pat Fryermuth, Dalton Schultz, David Njoku. Njoku, Fryermuth, Schultz. Uh, I would go Njoku, Schultz, Fryermuth in PPR. And um, looking at the guys who are available in a lot of leagues, you know, Joku is 60% rostered. Dulcich, Kate Otten, Cole Komet. Noah Fant would be another, uh, another option if you can't get these guys, but hopefully you can get them. The Joku, Dulcich, Otten, Komet. That's how Jamie has it ranked right now. Dave, would you change anything? The only, the only needle I could give is Komet over Otten if you're worried about Otten. Um, losing his gig to Cameron Brait, not playing in week 11 because of the bye. I think if you're just looking for a tight end for one week, Otten is the guy to go with. Over you'll, you'll know today if Cameron Brait made the trip to Munich. So if he did not travel, it's pretty clear what they, what they have in store. 
Oh, Dave, I wish you hadn't brought up politics. <laughs> Look at Why? This. What's going on? Oh, it wasn't, the it was, chat, it was the terrible. Chat. I feel a little bad, but That's I right. swear to everybody, I'm like independent. You know, I just want everybody to vote. I, yeah, you guys already voted. I'm going to vote later today. So yeah, please go blacker. vote. Um, Why? What's going on? Why? Why'd you say that? Uh, just you know, a little, little bit in the chat, but not not too bad. Not I, too bad. I promise you, I was just making a bad pun. It is not a political statement. Um, you. I, you know what's what's frustrating about this week is you don't want to necessarily miss out on Dulcich and Otten. and but if you put uh, Najoku in as your first claim, he may not play. And I, I mean, I, I think we'd all rather have Najoku if we knew he were playing. We'd rather just pick him up. But you don't want to miss out if he doesn't play. You're going to feel like going to feel crummy that you don't have Dulcich or Otten. So it's a tough decision to make. And, uh, you know, he's optimistic about playing. So we'll go from there. What do, what do you do about Evan Ingram? Obviously a total dud last week against the Raiders. Missed some time with a back. Got hurt, yeah. yeah. Still, he played enough snaps where I feel like he should have been better than one catch for eight yards on two targets. But another good matchup against the Chiefs, then a bye. Do you drop Ingram for, for these guys we're talking about? Yes. Someone will pick him up, though. I, I agree. Like, I'd much rather have Najoku or Dulcich rest of the way. Otten, I'm not sure about because it looks like Ingram's going to play. If you're if you're desperate, though, for this week, I'd much rather start Otten over Ingram by leaps and bounds. And... Leaps and bounds? Ooh. Wow, that's a lot of, lot of jumps. I do have him back-to-back with Otten one spot higher. I remember the old Superman video, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Yeah. That's the only. I would start alive. if you're just looking one week. I would start Otten over Dolchitz. Otten over if I Brate's out. Do that. But they're if close. Out. Absolutely, matchup is so much better. I don't know if it bothers you, but you look at Dolchitz's targets. He had nine targets with Brett Rippon. He had eight in two games combined with Russell Wilson. I just want to bring that. Yeah, up. Yeah, you know, in in their last game, he really wasn't involved until the second half, and that's when things started to change for the Broncos' offense. Like, Russell looked pretty good in the second half against Jacksonville. Dulcich was a big part of that. And DSTs. The Broncos, 46% rostered. No Bradley Chubb anymore. Randy Gregory seems like he's not quite ready to return. And Baron Browning, another very important linebacker for them. I think they're hopeful for him this week. They're at Tennessee. I'm hopeful that that uh, Tannehill can play. You know, He was trying to get back for the Chiefs game. So the Broncos are number one. Jamie, who, who else are you looking at at DSTs this week? In that same game, the Titans. Uh, we know what teams have done against the Broncos, so that's a good option there. And as we've noted, their defense has played very well. Uh, the Saints against Kenny Pickett, you know, despite the injuries, Kenny Pickett still shown that he could struggle. Uh, one of my favorite ones, and this is a, a sneaky one, is the Steelers because T.J. Watt could return. And so if Watt is back, we know what Dalton has been in terms of mistakes. So their defense is dramatically different with Watt on the field. And then the Raiders against the Colts because it's the Colts. You know, Dave, is there anything you want to add to the DSD conversation? I have a completely different order. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, I'll just give my order. I like the Cardinals the best against the Rams because I don't think the Rams can fix themselves. I have the Giants next. They're taking on Houston. Um, Denver would be third for me. Yeah, I wonder about the Giants because it's going to be a very run-heavy game for Houston. They should be able to have some success there. And no Xavier McKinney really sucks. That does, but it's still a bad Texans offense. Seven of the first eight teams that the Texans have played have scored at least 10 points from their DST. Okay. And I think another decision you're going to have to make is do you hold on to the 
Patriots DST. They've been fantastic, and they get the the Jets after the bye. Then they have Minnesota and Buffalo, so that's not as good. Do you hold on right. to the Ravens DST? They've been very good, and they get Carolina, they Jacksonville, might- Denver, Pittsburgh in their next four games after the Mo- bye. Most- most fantasy managers have held on to the Cowboys and 49ers through their bye week. So if you're able to manage the same way, you should be able to do it. Okay. I would absolutely hang on to the Ravens. I could see myself letting go of the Patriots. I think the Ravens' defense could be the best in the NFL by the time we get to January. All right. Kickers, Brett Maher, Graham Gano, Matt Gay, Robbie Gold, Randy Bullock. Do you have any IDP? I do. Right. Javon Hargrave has been a good defensive lineman for Philadelphia over the last couple of games. And we know that Fletcher Cox left last week's game. Jordan Davis is out for a while. He actually has eight and seven tackles in his last two games. So he's probably going to be my priority to pick up off the waiver wire and IDP leagues. Damar Hamlin has been replacing Micah Hyde. He's a good defensive back. And then I've got, I've got two linebackers for you. Jawan Bentley in new England and Uchenna Nwosu, who's been getting sacks like crazy for Seattle. Okay. Yeah, I don't. It's tough to pick up players on their buy for New England. Um, but if some moron in your IDP league dropped Matt Judon, uh, you know, a few hours before kickoff yeah. and then forgot and to. And Bentley's ask. on the Patriots. You could wait on Bentley. And that's me. I dropped, I accidentally dropped Matt Judon and it cost me a week. Um, all right. So Baltimore 27, New Orleans 13. We'll finish with uh, our thoughts on this game. The Ravens had the ball for 37 minutes and 47 seconds. The Saints for 22 minutes and 13 seconds. Do you think Kenyon Drake has done enough to really muck up this backfield, Jamie, and give us no workhorse, no reliable guy once Gus Edwards is healthy and then eventually when J.K. Dobbins is healthy? Has he done enough to muck up this backfield? Has he ruined the value of Gus Edwards, basically, going forward? Oh, potentially. You know, I, I think that's, you know, it's hard to say Kenya Drake deserves to be off the field and not touching the ball. This is now three of his last four games where his, you know, rushing average has, has been decent. Um, this one not as pretty as the previous two when he was over eight yards per carry because he got a lot of more work. But um, season high in receiving yards for him, um, the reception total the last two games, I think it's six catches in the last two games. So they're throwing the ball. So, you know, he may just be their best running back rest of the way. So, you know, don't drop him under bye week. And we'll see what happens. You know, Dobbins is still another two to three weeks. I think week 12 is the earliest he can come back. And and Edwards, who knows what happens coming off the bye week. But, I mean, you know, kudos to Drake. As their offensive line has gotten better, the run game has gotten better, and he's gotten better. Do you think we should be picking up a backup running back in New Orleans, given the Camara video coming out? No. Uh, it may be Ingram, but we don't know when he's going to be ready to go. The video's coming out? The video is out. Yeah, it's out, and... Hard to really see what happened, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But usually that's what spurs a suspension from the NFL. Right, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, there's no appealing option right now. Ingram would be interesting, but he's hurt. Uh, Olave Washington's no good. Decent. Any, anything for the Saints? Oh, that Jawan Johnson touchdown. I mean. Is he not Oscar the Grouch? Who? Jawan Johnson. In what way? Scram. All numbers come in the garbage time. Oh, <laughs> but it wasn't even that. It was they didn't they stopped playing. They thought he was out of right, bounds. Right, right. If you missed yeah, yeah, it, yeah. He, I think yeah, he had Mark 40. Pierce was not happy. He had what forty two yards, and forty one of them were on that play or something <laughs> yes. like that. And 
Yeah, uh, people won. You got I very saw lucky with Jawan Johnson. A few people won or lost fantasy on that play, and the, you know they, the Ravens thought he was out of bounds. They should not have stopped playing. It was it was a joke. You don't ever do that. And uh, yeah, that was you know nothing you can bank on there. But uh, any Camara concerns, guys, or just a bad game? Just a bad game. I would love for them to go back to Andy Dalton for the sake of Chris Olave. I, he can be great, no matter who his quarterback is. But it just. I, did I say Dalton? I meant Winston. They should go back to Winston. I would. I would. Uh, Jerry Jones on his radio show just said Odell is someone that we have all the appreciation in the world for what he is as a competitor. I know the Cowboy star on that helmet when he puts it on. When he puts it on, could look pretty good. Ooh, <laughs> my God! God, could you imagine working for him? Like, just stop talking. <laughs> uh, all right. Oh, I don't think I did the drop-o-meter. Should we do the drop-o-meter? Here we go. Zero to ten. Naeem Hines. Ten in non-PPR. Eight in full PPR. Tyler Conklin going into his bye. 77. Uh, yeah, ten. Aaron Rodgers. 78. <laughs> uh, Robert Tunyon. He's, yes, 10. Six. Deion Jackson. No Dobbs now. Somebody's going to catch ball. Could be Watson. Uh, who'd you say, Deion Jackson? Uh-huh. Zero until we find out that he could be out a while, and then it's a 10. How about Michael Pittman? Zero. It's like a six in smaller leagues, eight, 10-team leagues. Drake London? 10. Eight. Adam Thielen? Six in um, smaller leagues. Zero. His next four games are Buffalo, Dallas, New England, and the Jets. You're on like a campaign. Yeah. I'm open, trying to open your mind. <laughs> uh, Eno Benjamin. I would think that you would be a fan of his since you guys are both Adam. Uh, I actually hate everyone else named Adam. I, I want exclusivity. It's not a very popular name. So, you know, it's <laughs> very new name. It's kind of getting popular now. Uh, Eno Benjamin, zero to ten. 20. You know, so, you know, you're, you're counting on a guy that is behind a running back who gets hurt a lot. So if you don't have to drop him, don't drop him. But clearly there are other guys out there that you can drop for him. Jay Sherman in our chat wants to know if Cortland Sutton is droppable. No. Only if he's literally your worst player and you need a tight end. Uh, Gabe Z says, Adam Thielen is not even doing badly. Adam Thielen is... A top is the number 43 wide receiver per game in non-PPR, number 39 per game in full PPR. So he moved he, up since Monday afternoon. No, did he? I don't know. I'm he's doing it off the top of my head. Yeah, uh, Whatever. He's right. Or he's in he's the, got a... He's not doing he well. A, he's on pace for 888 yards in 17 games. That's terrible. He's well, got I mean, like to a... Be, to be fair, to be fair the two of you guys just advocated for Zay Jones and Marvin Jones with the hope that they get 10 to 12 PPR points. No, exactly I'd rather have feeling than that. Yeah, than that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, at, who's Adam Friedland? Someone says Adam Friedland is better than Adam Azer. I mean, that's probably true, but I don't know who that is. Uh, and how about uh, Brandon Cooks? Someone wants to know how, how droppable is Brandon Cooks? No, no, Dave want to make more jokes. <laughs> I think there's two things that all Americans can agree on. <laughs> Number one, America is an awesome place to live. Number two, Brandon Cooks isn't good anymore at football. 
Um, oh, I, I would not that. drop him just to see what happens now past the trade deadline and what his demeanor is with the team. I would rather have the two tight ends that we talked about. Sure. I would strongly consider Mooney. I would take Mooney over him at this point. He's the only receiver that I would add over. Jamie, pronounce what Justin Bellamy put in the chat here. Mix tape. <laughs> Dave, how do you pronounce that? Which mixtape? Yeah, mixtape, right? JP says mixtape. It's very strange. But we somebody No, that that that's the strange thing that I pronounced <laughs> it wrong. Not that you made Dan Schneider a mixtape. It's, it's it was a Spotify playlist of one band. All right, we're out of here, everybody. We'll talk to you later. You think uh, he to it? Yeah, he liked it. He was very appreciative. He did on, on the New Jersey Transit that he tracked? Yeah, he listened to it twice actually. Listen, he, he liked it. I opened up his mind to uh, some Aerosmith. Okay, go out and vote, and we'll talk to you tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern, youtube.com slash today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.